Welcome to episode 92 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Adrian Football Shirt Hallier, and who's joining me today? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. Happy New Year, it's Scott at Flying Sky. And Happy New Year, it's Adam at This One Kit. Happy Hogmanay, isn't it, Scott? <laughs> yes, that's true. Everybody loves a bit of Hogmanay. What, what so- is that? I've heard, I've heard the word before, but it just sounds like gibberish. What actually is it? It's just Scottish for New Year. Is that it? Why don't yeah. you just say New Year then? Well, yeah, why don't you just fucking say New Year? Oh, oh, English. Okay, let's move on. And speaking of moving on, New Year often means New Year's resolutions. Do we have any New Year's resolutions amongst us? I actually do. My, mine is a shirt one. I, I genuinely am trying not to buy as many football shirts because I'm running out of fucking space. So I told myself that this year... And I did the same last year, actually, and I actually stuck to it. And I'll tell you what that is in a minute. I've told myself to only buy almost certain shirts again to keep it a bit more restricted. And I did this last year and I stuck to it. So at the beginning of last year, I didn't tell anybody, but I decided I was not going to buy a single Bayern Munich shirt all year because I had everything up to like last season. So I thought if I don't buy any, then that's not expanding. And then I can just in, in maybe this year start looking and I went the entire year without buying a single Bayern shirt. That's probably not going to happen this year. But yeah, I'm just trying to buy less because my fucking wardrobe keeps falling down. It's fair. Adam, Scott, how about yourselves? I don't really do New Year's resolutions, to be fair. Yeah. I think most of them are unrealistic. I mean, I'm, that's a pretty good one that Mike did. The fact he managed to achieve it as well. Because <laughs> that's all he used to buy. So that was very good. But yeah. No, I've never been one for that. That's a really boring answer. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to join you with the boring answer. I I tend not to do them because when I do, I fail them anyway and just feel bad about it. So what's the point? That's quite a Scott answer, wasn't it? It's quite quite negative, but not what you're used to uh, used to from me. But okay, yeah, now we're, no, we're filling everybody with New Year's joy, aren't we? Yeah, well, this is the best I, podcast ever. I knew, I, I knew I'd bring you down to my level eventually, Adam. <laughs> you've been, you've been chilling like away. Three weeks. <laughs> I have been told that Scott's news resolution was to swear less, but then 12 minutes past 12 on New Year's Day, he tweeted, if you're now willing to accept offers, do not list it with or best offer, you stupid cunt, at eBay. So he blew <laughs> that one straight out. I got, I got a quick question. The way you worded that, I want to check. Is eBay the stupid cunt or is it the people on eBay that are the stupid cunts? No, it, it was the people on eBay, but I just felt like I had the highlight platform that was being used due to the... Sh- I, I don't like sharing people's private information, so I didn't screenshot <laughs> the conversation I had with the person, but I really wanted to because it, I felt like I was speaking to a brick wall and it was, yeah, somebody that had best offer. And when I asked them how much would they take, they said the buy it now price. So I was like, and I couldn't let it go. I had to say, why the fuck do you have it listed with an offer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in unrelated news, Tom's not joining us this week. So uh, whatever you did, <laughs> did work, Scott. Yeah. We won't share his uh, private information. I did make a New Year's resolution myself, and that's to buy one shirt a month. I am going to stick to it. It's the good news. The bad news is I've already bought January's and February shirts. But uh, let's move on to this week's news. (laughs) 
we got three news items coming out to you all. One sort of like a mixed news item. So we're going to do some FA Cup news. We've had FA Cup week. We've got some Aston Villa news. Guess who's covering that? And then we're going to finish off with some international shirt leak news. But boom, 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 where should we start? Let's start with Aston Villa because Mike can't contain the smile on his face. <laughs> that is absolutely true. It weren't that long ago. We covered the whole Castore sweatgate thing where everybody was moaning about how the players looked like they'd fucking swam to the games before they were about to play. And there was a few rumours circulating that Villa might actually end the contract early because there was one more season still in that Castore contract. However, a lot of the reports have come out on the day of recording, so today, that basically they're fucking them off. And they are making a big jump over to Adidas, which has made this the greatest day of my life. It's everything I've ever wanted. I just want to get this season out of the way and get into next season because that's all that really matters now. So you are feeling the euphoria I felt when we when we when Liverpool finally didn't have Warrior on their shirts anymore and i know technically new balance and warrior were connected but just having the new balance logo instead of having the fucking warrior one i know how you feel i know how you are feeling right now the excitement of not having a shit kit brand anymore i'm I'm, I'm happy for you man i'm happy for you (laughs) i want to hear these life events that he's saying this is the happiest moment of his life i want to come on give us a rank of your top five life moments so, uh, so number one, if confirmed, Villa getting Adidas. And then I suppose sort of like two, three and four are probably my two kids being born. And I suppose i got to say getting married, just in case my wife ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> and I'm just going to stop there before I get myself into any more trouble. But I don't care. It's, it's the best thing ever. Do you know what? I actually told my wife, I said, I'm so fucking happy. She's like, why? Because it's been apparently confirmed today that they're going to Adidas. And even she went, fuck, that's amazing. So everybody knows it's going to be amazing. Well, mark it in your calendar, Mike, because in a year's time, if she gets this anniversary, you can go apeshit out. (laughs) I'll say this right now. As a Man United fan, I would quite happily take a fucking shit kit manufacturer if it meant we weren't so fucking shit on the field. To be fair, I think the reason that they they want Villa is to guarantee an actual Champions League team next year. (laughs) Well, that moves us nicely on because Man United did win a game this week. It was in the FA Cup. And Scott, you've got some FA Cup kit-related news for us. Yeah, so as you said, Man United managed to struggle their way past uh, League One Wigan away from home. Marcus Rashford proving that League One is definitely a step above his level. Uh, So he may want to reconsider his career. But even though the love of the FA Cup has disappeared for many fans, which I think is a shame, because when when I, even when I was younger, the FA Cup was always it was it was a big occasion and people actually wanted to win it. Whereas I think it's a bit it's not even secondary for teams anymore. But it brought out some great kit news, which is obviously good for this show because it's all about shirts. So there was three interesting topics. The first one was those blue cunts across the city again refused to wear the uh, competition patch because obviously it is the Emirates FA Cup and they are sponsored by Etihad and for some strange reason they think that if they advertise the Emirates by wearing a patch on their shirt nobody will get on an, an Etihad plane which is unusual so they didn't wear the competition patch and nobody gives a fuck. Another very important issue that has been raised before and people were very upset about it and I just have to say 
I'm not colorblind. And even I had a fucking trouble spotting who was a Newcastle player and who was a Sunderland player. So I'd feel the pain of the colorblind people. Did anybody watch the Weir Tyne or Tyne Weir? There was a lot of interest and discussion about that on Twitter as well. Yeah, I watched it. Um, what I found interesting, so yeah, when I switched it over, my initial reaction was, there's a bit of a clash here. It was fine for me watching it, but I did honestly feel that maybe people would struggle. What I found interesting, though, was I think it was actually Classic Football Shirts shared a tweet saying, or it might have been on Instagram, saying there's a bit of a kit clash. And the amount of people just saying, oh, you can't wear anything these days, buddy, woke, like, let them play football. And we're getting angry about it. It's like, it's just football shirts. Someone's just saying there's a bit of a clash. And people were so angry about the thought that you could say there's a kit clash. It's like, well, they're in the home shirts. Like, fucking get on with it. Fucking Wokarati. Found it amazing. Can't even have a discussion about anything these days without people going. Um, I'm not, not going to mention his name, but um, all, say, ex-England football we played once. But do you know what I mean? I just found it funny. You can't have a conversation about it. We, with that, that uh, Sunderland Newcastle game, just out of curiosity, I know they were saying like for colorblind people it was a bit of a kit clash and difficult to see but i I saw a lot of people that weren't colorblind saying that they struggled to tell as well just out of curiosity yeah. i didn't struggle with that at all is there anybody did you guys think it was a bad clash maybe i think would it depend on the size of screen you're watching it on because possibly was... i yeah i guess even resolution could make a difference depending on how people are watching it yeah because i saw it on the tv and um, I think my TV's a 60-inch or whatever, and it, and it wasn't bad. But I definitely noticed it watching it on... Da-da-da, the... mine's 60 inches. <laughs> it's what you do with it. <laughs> it was, uh, well, as as AD gives us trouble before, this is not a visual pod, so I, you know, I was just describing the detail of the story, you bunch of cunts. But <laughs> I de- did anybody watch the clips on their phone, on Twitter or anything? It was definitely... When it wasn't like an, a, a zoomed-in replay, I, I I can see why people that weren't colorblind struggled, which would then show you why if people were colorblind, it would have been an absolute nightmare. Either way, Sunderland decorated their fucking stadium in their rivals' colors and then got pumped. So it was just a fucking faux pas all around for Sunderland in the FA Cup. Things have looked pretty blue around Old Trafford for a while, Scott. But anyway, uh, there's one final piece of kit news from the FA Cup you wanted to cover. Yeah, so the last one again is a disappointing result, but very important um, message. So Arsenal again wore their no more red shirts. And again, there was a lot of interest and discussion around this again. So, you know, the the shirt, they followed the same. They had the Adidas template, which was a white shirt. Um, This year they went for kind of a more monochrome style detail. So the, the Adidas logo and the badge and the sponsor were were white with black details, which actually looked really smart. I think it made it, it still stayed with a white theme, but made those details pop so you could tell it was an Arsenal shirt. And then obviously the bright red patch on the sleeve. So again, it's yeah, and, and a really important message because obviously knife crime is such a big problem um, in, this, in the country. And yeah, it's, I think it's good that they're sticking with that and it's an important message. But another good kit discussion that went on was that the Arsenal fans were worried that because they were going to be wearing white, that Liverpool would show up in red. And they felt very strongly about not letting another team wear red uh, at the Emirates. So that was you know, another good another good debate for 
for the the groups of fans to argue about until Liverpool showed up in purple, and then they found out it was all everybody was getting wound up for nothing. And then yeah, but unfortunately they were yeah should should have taken their chances in the first half, so they're out. Final bit of kids news this week. What have we got? We have got a leak. We have got a leak of the new Adidas Belgium away shirt for uh, Euro twenty twenty four. Don't know if anyone else has seen this. We have shared it on our socials. It's a a nice kind of sky blue shirt. It's got a nice white collar. It's got some kind of diamonds across it. But what really makes it stand out is that it comes to brown shorts because it's based on Tintin, which I think is really cool. The shirt's really nice. It's based on the Tiro 24 Adidas template. Like I said, it comes with a collar, so there are some slight tweaks to it. And I think it's really smart, though. Again, having that kind of nod to... Everyone's favourite Belgian detective. Uh, apologies to Poirot. I think it's a really cool shirt. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but it, it's really solid from my point of view. I like it as a kit. I love the inspiration behind it, but I don't like this new template at the moment. I think that it looks like a dumbed down version of the Team Geist template. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's not for me. It looks a little half-baked. I hope that when the shirts come out, they look a bit, cleaner because there's often a few minor tweaks that are made between when we see these kit leaks and when the shirts actually come out but if that's the final one the kit looks good but like i say just yeah not 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 the template yeah I, i agree with you on that i think unlike the current kind of adidas template which i think looks kind of good with it with everything i think this one there's going to be some really good shirts and there's going to be some that kind of stink the place out because it just won't work with the template i think the kind of big panels up the side not necessarily Adidas's strongest template release. For this one, though, I think it really works, to, to be honest. I, I think it's a really nice shirt and the white panels look quite cool with it. Overwhelming support and engagement for that shirt on social media. So there's a lot of people excited to see that one come in. But that wraps up the news quite nicely this week. Let's move on to this week's feature. And does anybody know who we sent Tom out to speak to? Somebody that collects something that has football shirts on it, but not football shirts. Something sticky. You're all close. We sent Tom out to speak with Ollie, a.k.a. Paolo Panini. For anybody who's on TikTok, you will know exactly who we're talking about. For anybody who's not, listen to this. Listen to the amount that Ollie spends on football Panini stickers and how much they're worth nowadays. You might want to go and raid your attic after this. Happy New Year, listeners. And today, our first guest of 2024. It's quite a big one, I think. We are joined by a man that made collecting his full-time job. And I know that's intrigued all of you because it's what you all wish you could do. But I'm joined by Ollie, or should I say Paolo? How's it going, Tom? Hope you're doing well, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Ollie. So Ollie is a massive character on TikTok. I'm sure anyone that's into 90s football as we all are on this podcast you've probably seen him he's got over 145,000 followers on there but Ollie perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what it is you do and what your channel is about um that is a difficult thing I struggle to tell people what what, what it is I do because it's it's so layered but um essentially what I do is collect um classic football memorabilia most notably kind of like classic football stickers and cards and stuff and kind of go into the history of players and it turns out some of this stuff could be worth millions, if not hundreds of thousands. And the, the, Yeah, that's what we try and do and kind of educate people. Basically, I'm a big fan of fucking football and football 
stories and history and sport history and uh yeah kind of kind of went a bit mental over the last couple of years and uh a lot of people seem to like it as well so yeah <laughs> so it's interesting so it really your main your main bit of memorabilia i mean i know as we're recording this there's a palmer shirt and an exeter shirt behind you and I... anyone that sees your videos will see the, the rolling collection of football shirts you put in the background but your main thing is panini stickers and, and cards and that kind of thing right yeah that's that's the one yeah so i I've, I've kind of I suppose there's a running story i used to collect them in the 90s as a kid so i'm, I'm 32 i used to fill all the albums and stuff and what, what but, but most of all i used to just like memorizing the teams so I was that nerdy kid at school that was never really any good at football and I wouldn't really hang out with the kids that were good at football. But they could ask me a question and I'd know more about it than them. So kind of show off a little bit. And it's the stats and the kind of, you used to have like a dream team in the middle of the book and that kind of stuff. I was always intrigued into kind of, you know, how that worked. And transfers back in the 90s were kind of like a big deal, particularly with like the Italian league was probably the best league in the world at the time. All the Italian superstars coming over to Middlesbrough and Chelsea in particular. Um I was always interested in that and kind of what they'd bring to the, you know, even at such a young age, just love the minutiae of like classic of that kind of just everything really. So that's kind of where the early print in my mind kind of started. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause I mean, I was a big Panini sticker collector as well. And I remember having the albums and taking them all into school and doing all the swaps and all that kind of thing. And I was very much the same ill cause you rubbish at football, but I was the, <laughs> the geek that would, analyze it all to death because i had to be somehow involved in it you know absolutely but i guess like panini stickers it's it's, it's it must be a bit of like a gateway collector thing because we all probably started off with the stickers and then it's gone you know some people collect match worn stuff other people collect seats and all sorts of bits and bobs but like how big is collecting panini stickers and the cards and things how big is it it's it's bigger today than it probably ever has been. I think it um, went through peaks and troughs. Obviously, when when uh, Panini made the first World Cup album in 1970, that was huge because Panini had existed a bit before then in the 60s, but primarily just doing the Italian stuff and occasionally would make the old kind of superstar sticker of, I don't know, Bobby, Bobby Moore or something. something. Um, so when the first World Cup album was made um, widely available and it wasn't just in Italy and um, rogue kind of European countries that you can buy this stuff, um, it kicked off in a big way in the UK, and there was a massive boom in the 80s and late 70s. Kind of went a bit quiet during the 90s. Um, Merlin, I don't know if you remember Merlin stickers. Yes, yeah. Well, they, they, so they, they got the rights to the Premier League. Um, Panini lost the rights to the Premier League. And then a couple of years ago, Panini got the rights back to the Premier League, and it's kind of kicked off again since then. And you can get like, like so a massive thing at the moment, as I'm sure you've all seen on TikTok, if you kind of, in my algorithm, is um, a lot of people do the modern cards. You can mm. find all autograph players and stuff. So there's been a big resurgence after COVID in particular. You might have seen with like Logan Paul and the Pokemon cards and yeah, and back in the day and some of those are worth hundreds of thousands now. It's a similar sort of thing with football cards and stickers, um, but probably on a bit more of a more niche scale. So it's, it's, it's in the last couple of years in particular, it's, it's grown as big as it's probably ever been, uh, particularly with the modern stuff. But those that know the channel and know what car I'm about, it's all about the classics for me. Yeah, and it's it's really no small fry, is it? I mean, some of these packs that you open on your on your channel cost you a fortune, and some of the car, the stickers you find are worth a fortune. But I mean, what kind of money are we talking? Are you able oh, to? Oh, mate. <laughs> uh, hopefully, no one who I bought a Christmas present is listening to, um, <laughs> because they're a bit dumbfounded with their ten pound cost voucher. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot is the short answer i couldn't give you a ballpark figure but probably close if not over 30 grand i've spent and continue to spend 
obviously we've kind of turned it into a business now. So I've got a relative income coming in from it to kind of spend on it. But when it comes to like individual packs from the sixties and seventies, they cost a lot of money. Um, and it is that kind of looking for that piece of fried gold, so to speak, in getting a Pele from 1970, a Maradona from 79, um, whatever it may be, that could be worth potentially a house or, you know, whatever else in the future. And and, and yeah, I've done a video on the top 10 highest selling sports cards of all time. And they're all like, relatively speaking, old stuff from the 50s, 70s, yeah. the Ronaldo and Messi early stuff from the 2000s. And yeah, you you get one of those in a decent grade. You could get buy a five bedroom house, you know. So it's there is gold to be out there, but you've got to know what you're doing, know what you're kind of looking for. Um, I mean, anyone could do it, I guess, but I think any few people have kind of got knowledge and where to find these things. I mean, it's interesting. I, I remember seeing that video you did about the top ten cards, and I, I'm right. I'm thinking Pele's first Panini sticker is the the, the record, isn't it? It's over a million dollars. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think three of the top ten are all the same card. It's like a 1958 right. Pele card. It's not Panini. It's I think it's some Swedish company. Um, um, because it was the Swedish World Cup in 1958, I believe. I've hosted it. If I'm going, people in the comments going, no, it was something, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's Sweden. Um, and yes, so that in a decent grade. I think it was even like it wasn't even like a grade ten. It was like a grade eight or something. So it was, it's ranked one to ten on how decent the card is, and obviously. In America, people have been collecting stuff since the fifties. Baseball cards were a huge thing in the thirties as well. So, um, like football and sports uh, memorabilia in America is next level in terms of value. And obviously, you got a population over there that's willing to spend a lot of money on it. Mm. So, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was about one point three million. I think the Pele sold for. I mean, crazy money. I mean, we've just seen in the football shirt world, we saw uh, the Maradona shirts yeah. sell for five million. I think it was in the end seven point two. I think it was seven point two million dollars. I think yeah. I'll edit that out to make me look smart. There. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. joking, I'm joking. No, you're right. But I mean, we're talking a single sticker card, a million. So it's, it's huge, huge money. And I know in that top 10, there was a Maradona sticker as well, which was around half a million. I mean, those are the probably the more obvious ones for a collector. But in terms of like someone like yourself who who does look out for these stickers and cards, what are the grail finds? Like, or the, maybe the less obvious ones? Less obvious ones. Um, so there's a, yeah, you quite rightly said there's only a few players that are going to get you kind of the big bucks, I guess. And maybe in a few years' time, it'll be the Harlands and the Mbappes. Mm. But to be fair, they still go for decent money now. But um, yeah, the ones that are a bit more attainable, I guess, are kind of like, uh, so we've done a uh, David Beckham hunt just before Christmas last month. We found some packs from 1996. Uh, in the few years I've been doing this, we've only found them twice. Like those bunch oh, wow. of packs in bulk to, to open sealed. And the first time round, I think I bought maybe like 50 packs from 1996 that were still sealed. We didn't find a single David Beckham. Yeah. This time, I managed to find, source another 50, and we found two. Uh, and in decent grades, I think that, you know, if that got grade 10, it's probably about $15,000. Wow. Um, and you could still find those packs sealed. But again, you'd be very unlikely to find another David Beckham. Uh, we've done a lot of 2004 trying to find Cristiano Ronaldo's rookie in the Premier League. Um. Again, $10,000 in a grade 10. So that was his first Man United print. I've actually just managed to source a single pack, just a single pack um, from Portugal uh, in 2002, which is Ronaldo's first ever print from Panini of any kind. So it's a sticker from the Portuguese League at Sporting Lisbon. And um, that has sold for, in a great, decent grade, grade 10, I think it was $147,000. I've never managed to find a sealed pack. 
No, actually, yeah. the sealed pack I've managed to find, I think I did get it from Portugal, they've actually got the pack graded rather than open it because it's worth more graded. But I'm going to obviously rip it open for content. <laughs> um, but that costs 500 quid. So that single pack costs 500 pounds. And the risk is, I mean, I, I, I know already, there's no way in hell there's going to be a Ronaldo in there. But yeah, it's 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 the it's kind of the risk we take. But um, I've had some pretty good finds. Um, like so some other kind of early Steven Gerrard um uh, stickers from 1999. So they released two packs in 1999 with with the Merlin sticker book. Um, you had the normal kind of the black packets with the standard Premier League 99, and then in January they released a transfer update. Right, and in those packs you can find the rookie Steven Gerrard. But because it was a transfer update and it was halfway through the season, they hardly made any. Um, so get you, it's one of those players you probably wouldn't have thought would be worth that much. But the rookie Steven Gerrard, just without being graded, could be worth 800 quid. It's interesting you say that because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. And I don't know if this is you know one of those playground myths you used to kind of tell each other. But <laughs> we all remember that player we'd get over and over and over again. as we were yeah, yeah. But for me, it was always Neil Ardley at Wimbledon. Yeah. Always Neil Ardley. But... Is it true that some stickers, they are kind of like weighted in their distribution? Like you'll get some, like a Ronaldo, say, will just be so much more rare than a Neil Yeah, Arthur. I think, I, I don't know the official answer, but I can go from experience from opening hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of boxes of the same stuff. Is that back in 2006, or let's take let's take Ronaldo as an example. Um, so Cristiano Ronaldo, back in 2003, four with the 2004 packs, and we've opened probably about 10 of those sealed boxes. Back then, no one knew he was going to go on to be a four-time, five-time Ballon d'Or winner and break every single record at Real Madrid and Man United and stuff. No one knew back then. So the lesser-known players, there would just be less stickers off them, if that makes sense. We we always find, like, Michael Owen's a heat like that. So Michael Owen, in 1998, his first season, you can't really find him. Like You'd be really lucky to find him once in a whole box. But then as the years go on, as he becomes a bit more of this mercurial talent in like 2000, 2001, you can't stop finding him because he's like, oh, this guy's a, he's a, he's a wonder kid. So they, they just overprinted him because they think yeah. he's going to be the next, you know, the next George Best or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it can't, I, I, that's my theory. And that's what I've kind of found from, from, from doing it so long and opening so many stuff. I think the more a player's becomes known, um, I think they kind of strategically kind of make different variations of them. So as Ronaldo, when he was at Real Madrid and was obviously the best player on the planet at the time, they would make his base, they make like a superstar version, a shiny version and everything else. So he'd be a bit more common, but still relatively hard to get to get people to keep buying the packs. I mean, that makes complete sense what you just said about, you know, that first Ronaldo Man United card in 2002 or whenever it was. Like they wouldn't, oh, late 2004, they wouldn't have known he was going to go on to be this superstar and it's interesting i've never really thought about that it's just the, the assumption was just it's ronaldo you know? <laughs> like, yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly that's, <laughs> that's the thing if you take i don't know tim sherwood for example like you, you like you couldn't predict his career or his fall off or whatever you know so it's it's just you, you might not find many tim sherwoods for example they wouldn't have printed many tim sherwoods but bigger than zidane according to the, the blackburn rovers, blackburn rovers yeah. yeah it's jack walker that said that wasn't it yeah, yeah. um yeah craziness <laughs> Yeah, and Zidane's quite a valuable one to get as well, to be fair. I mean, in terms of future grails then, because we've obviously got the Euros coming up next year. Ah, yeah. There'll be a Euro sticker book. Are there any kind of stickers that you think are ones to look up out for now for the future 
for the Euros. Well, the trend is so with the I do so I stream on another platform called Whatnot as well. So I do do the modern cards as well, um, and we kind of stick to TikToks, classics, whatnot is where we do the modern stuff. So I do find a lot of like kind of um, autograph cards and rare signed cards and one of ones, which is the big thing at the moment. So they only make like one of a certain card. Um, so I think, for example, the one of the 2014 World Cup, the one of one Messi sold for. Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, um, and that I don't. Again, I don't think that was even graded. I think that was just raw. And the reason that is because it was the first time Panini had made a World Cup. It was called Prism, the the um, the, which is quite a big um series in in the card collecting world. So the twenty fourteen one of one Messi sold for that much. Mm. So yeah, you'd be looking out for kind of superstars from this Euros at the moment. I'm just trying to think at the moment. So I would say for twenty eighteen World Cup, obviously Mbappe was huge. Um. Are Norway in the Euros? Did they qualify? I don't think so. I think they missed out. So yeah, there'll be no missed out. So I said, I would have said, yeah, Haaland would have been massive. Yeah. So any youngsters, really? I think there was a bit of hype around people like Xavi Simmons from the Netherlands. Again, ah, he's not yeah. really materialised into like a into a world beater yet. I think it's difficult for young players at the moment to kind of break through. They, it's very rare you get these kind of 17, yeah, 18 year old prodigies. Isn't it? Just off the top of my head, I mean, Bellingham, I imagine, is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Bellingham is massively sought after. But then he's quite—he's had quite a few um, like Dortmund variations. Yeah, um, I've been out since 2018, so he's—he's he's, he, again in compare, in, he's, he's not new if that makes sense. Yeah, or perhaps um, the, the French, the French midfielder Zaire Emery. I imagine if he gets selected, he can yeah, could he's, be a big one. Again, yeah. we found a lot of his autographs uh, cards. We yeah. found maybe maybe 12 of his autograph cards, and again, he's, he's more common than you think. His rookie card came out a few years ago, so. That's crazy. Um, but it is, yeah, but you are right in what you're saying there. The most valuable stuff traditionally comes from World Cup sets or European Championship sets because that is traditionally where Panini kind of started it all and, um, and you know, you base a, a successful career off that, don't you? So we kind of tried to make a few like predictions in terms of sought after shirts for 2024. And we said this could be Ronaldo's last Euros. For I hear. So we were think, thinking, you know, Portugal shirt this year could be a big one for people to collect. But w- could that be the same for players at the end of their career then, in terms of stickers and cards? Like the last uh, one yeah, yeah. Um, yes and no. It really depends on the player. With Ronaldo and Messi, I think they're always going to sell, to be honest. Um, yeah. But with some players, like Ronaldinho, for example, is my favourite player of all time. For some reason, there's just no value there. You know what I mean? Yeah, people who yeah. aren't... Like, you can look at his early, early Gremio kind of um, prints don't really go for much at all um in comparison and but he's by far i'd much rather have a ronaldinho shirt than a messi or um ronaldo shirt you know so but yeah players in the career i think it really depends on the player the history they've had and the club they're playing for like you guys probably know more than me but how how are messi into miami shirts selling i would hazard a guess his barcelona shirt (laughs) still sells more sells more right i mean the the miami shirts are are like hotcakes they're actually really no, so we, we we did a, a little thing a couple of weeks ago about the, the top selling shirts of 23 and then again predictions into 24 and the Miami shirts this year they outsold all of the other big European giants no in way. North America so I mean his impact is gigantic yeah, like you know but um I mean, I, I will talk to you about your shirts because, like I say, you got that Palmer, uh-huh. you got that Exeter. I know I've seen a couple of others in your video, but how big is your football shirt collection compared to your? Panini collection. Oh, it's 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 a, it's a growing collection. I've got a lot of uh, i got a lot of shirts at the office as well, actually. But um, I don't know. I've probably maybe got between twenty and twenty. No, probably probably over twenty five shirts now. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, nothing massive to be honest. But I, I like going for the I don't know about you, but I go for the kind of cult players. So I've got like Kevin Karanier at, at, um, uh, yeah, at Stuttgart. Yeah. I mean, Gino, I'm looking... USA '94 one's probably one of my favourites. Crespo that's, on Palmer. That's your um your own Panini sticker that you've made of yourself. Yes, You're that's in right. The Brazil '94 yeah, yeah. shirt, which is obviously one of the absolute classics. So beast. One of the things I wanted to ask you again about these stickers because I I did see that video you did about Ronaldo and the 2004 one, and it was those stickers with the autographs on them. Oh yeah. And I remember, I think I've still got that album somewhere, and it's com- it's a complete one. I mean, it's probably not in any good nick or anything, but at least at least stickers packs. Obviously, they must be worth more unused with a good grade than like a complete album. Say yes, yeah. That well, the, you mean the single stickers? Yes, yeah, 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 hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you do get people sell the albums, like the nineteen seventy albums, the seventy four album, and um, the eighty two album with Maradona's first. In a decent condition, they can sell for a lot, but I think it is just like the cards by themselves, the singles, um, that go for far, far more. One question we always ask every guest on the pod, which I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to put a twist on it. But what, yeah. first, before I get to that, for 2024, what is the hope for the for the channel? Is there like a, a dream video you've got that you want to make? Oh, yes, yeah, so there's lots we want to do, really. I mean, cause this whole thing started from a podcast. Um, I mean... Obviously, kind of ripped off quickly, Kevin, as you might have seen in the sports. Oh, we did. Bubble. We did the same. We yeah. The same. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we talk about football in the noughties and stuff. So, I think um, making more niche football content. I've kind of started doing a bit short form, kind of documentary style videos as well. I've done one about Exeter City against Brazil, um, which has been kind of like an ongoing tradition over the last hundred years, uh, and a few other ones as well. The top ten highest selling sports cards, and that that stuff's really. It's more engaging. Doesn't get, <clears throat> pardon me, doesn't get as many views because that's just that's not how the algorithm works. But they want you to continue to do the same thing over and over again. But I, I enjoy it, and it's more engaging with football fans. I get a lot more comments on those videos than anything else. So it, that kind of style of video be what we'll do in the future. I think uh, getting a few former players on to kind of try and find themselves in a pack. I think it's a sensational idea. Oh, I'd I love it's to just, see that. It's yeah. just trying to find someone to do it because I think it's we do get like. Some familiar faces on our live streams, like uh, the darts is on at the moment. Uh, Stephen Bunting, the legend, the bullet Bunting, he joins our live streams quite frequently, and it's just a people just go absolutely mental for it. Do you or get bun- darts? Cards? Can you get darts? You can. Some fringe company did make some. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how how good they are, but uh, get you a, can. a Luke the Nuke rookie that'd be worth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not 16. Um, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen all these memes of it like the landlord of a pub going i've been letting that guy drink for three years it's <laughs> going no um but yeah in terms of the channel yeah we want to try and get some former footballers on and people to find their favorite players in the packs so i think what we're going to do next is try and like interview people uh at a football ground somewhere it could be any ground in the country and get them to tell us about their favorite player growing up and then try and find them in the pack and then maybe give away some money or something but i think um it's that nostalgia thing, isn't it? People just get really engaged with their kind of what, what, what they I mean, universal language of football, isn't it? But um, so, yeah. I mean, it keeps us occupied once a week, every week. So, <laughs> but I mean, just before I ask you this question, then to sign off, let everyone know where, what your TikTok channel is, where they can find you, where they can find you, and whatnot. Ah, uh, so yeah, yeah. I think follow us on Instagram, uh, Paolo Panini Official. That's got all the links there as well. Um, uh, Paolo, just type Paolo Panini on TikTok. I'm sure you'll find us if you go to the link tree there. You can find our Twitter and uh, our podcast where it all started. And um, yeah, like and follow for more. Yeah. 
<laughs> join, join our live streams as well friday nights really really good fun people can obviously buy some of these things that you yeah so we, we kind of yeah. uh buy and sell the classic packs and then every week we find some sort of rare valuable legend so the, the most attainable ones at the moment i kind of advise first time people going in for is the 2006 world cup first world cup for messi and ronaldo again in a decent grade you could i think we sell the packs for like six quid you find a messi ronaldo in there in a grade 10 that's selling for two and a half thousand pounds and if you spent six pounds and you've got two and a half grand back, that's one hell of a like return, you know. As someone that spends far too much time on TikTok, it is so addictive. It's so addictive <laughs> watching the, the pack so opens and things. It's it's terrible. But um, so before we I let you go, the the one question we always ask people is a bit of a fantasy question, and it's uh if you could combine any player in history with any football shirt in history. To make your dream player football shirt combination, what would you choose? And I'm going to ask you that, and I'm also going to ask the same thing, but for a sticker. Ah, so dream football shirt. So any player in any shirt of all time. Yeah, there needs to. Be, there doesn't have to be any link. No parallels. I don't know why this. Is, I'm just going to say this. This is okay. Uh, the first thing that came to my head was Ronaldinho in the Japan World Cup '98 goalkeeper shirt. So that is an. Um, we've, I can't like, believe we've never had that before. Like, but so you know, the, one, the, what, the green one with flames. Like, yeah, was it Ka- yeah. Kawaguchi was the goalkeeper? Um, I don't know why, but that just makes me laugh. It's the kind of thing you probably wore, wore in that Uruguay prison. Um, Do you know what? That's the perfect answer, and I, I'm actually shocked that we've been doing this for so long and no one's come up with that combination. <laughs> hey, oh, glad, to, glad to be a service. <laughs> so we're sticking that on the sticker as well, then, are we? I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? You'd have to. <laughs> I, would like I, I to kind of like that. I kind of like the hypothetical one. It's just not even like footballers, just putting like King Charles in a in a in a in a I don't know, Real Betis top on a sticker. <laughs> I think that'd be quite funny, you know. Next to Bellerin. Make it for legal stamp. Yeah. Make it for legal make that for new stamp. Oh, don't. You've just opened up a whole new world of questioning that we've never thought of, which is, yeah. yeah. So apologies yeah. if we steal that later down the line. No, no, go for it. Marlon Brando in a 1992 Fiorentina seven up shirt. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, Ollie, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. We really appreciate you taking the time. It's so new into the new year. And yeah, everyone listening, please do check out Ollie's channel, Paolo Pellini. It's, you'll be there for hours like I am sat um, on the in the bath that's <laughs> <laughs> almost risky i am definitely sticking to beckham football shirts if that's how much beckham stickers cost <laughs> well all your uh beckham shirts are sticky anyway aren't they but I can't believe the value of them that is crazy but uh, for anybody that hasn't because i'll be honest it, it, i didn't follow Paolo Panini until um, Scott told us he, uh, sorry, t- excuse me, until Tom told us he was going to talk to him. And then I did start following on TikTok because I'm cool. So I'm on TikTok and um, it is amazing. Like my kids watch videos of people opening stuff all the time. And I'm like, why are you watching that? But I found myself just sat there watching him opening packs of stickers and cards for, for ages. It's brilliant. So if anybody doesn't, you do have to go and check out his, uh, his TikTok because it'll definitely be for some of the people that listen to this podcast. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Mike, actually. I've never got this whole seeing people opening stuff that the kids seem to be into these days. But yeah, now now I get it. Like trying to see a grown man find a Zenedin Zidane sticker. That was entertaining. It shouldn't be entertaining, but it really was. So yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it, it now. It, it is, though, because a lot of people do their... Vi- I'm not knocking anybody, so please don't get offended. If you, if you get offended, just, yeah, 
whatever. But well, tweet I don't really want to watch anybody open a mystery box, a football shirt mystery box. I, I know it's going to be a football shirt that's worth about 20 quid that you could probably have got in the classic football shirt sale. But when he's opening these packs, you legitimately don't fucking know what he's going to find in them. And that's where the where the excitement lies. So he's actually one of my new favorite followers on TikTok. And and then because of that, the algorithm showed me the guy that opens up World War II rations and eats those out of cans. That's fucking interesting as well. So you should definitely get into that. <laughs> the algorithm's got you now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this was this is also huge in Pokemon cards, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where it came from. And John Paul, or what's his name? The the one that thinks he's a boxer now. He was doing it. Oh, yeah. Cars, he? Yeah. I, I wonder, that's Logan, Logan Paul. Paul. That's the yeah. one. Can you imagine me sat with a five grand box of Panini cards being like, hmm, have I opened you, this? <laughs> you would care. be the worst Panini collector of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the shittest TikTok because it would just be Scott going, yeah, I've bought another box, but I'm not going to open them. So tune in next time when I buy another box and I'm not going to open that. There we go. Everybody go and check out Ollie at Paolo Panini if you're not already, but got a feeling most of you probably will be. Now for a word on our sponsor from Panel and Pep. So Granny's Football Store, he said on Twitter slash X that he's going to have 150 new shirts dropping soon. That's exciting, isn't it, guys? Yes. McAnally sounded really excited then, didn't he? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, I'm excited. It's hard, it's hard yeah, to so excite a guy who's got a 60-inch TV screen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mine's only 55. <laughs> it it does look like a good draw. I saw, actually, I saw a picture that he put on Twitter slash X today with some interesting shirts, including amazing Adidas template, the Club America one. That's always tempting when you see mm. one of them pop up, isn't it? Because it looks, yeah. it's one of the best of, of that template. Amazing. And it's right next to that, the in fashion uh, uh, Argentina 94 away with my original. But an OG. If if Granny said to us, part of your sponsorship deal, you can all pick a shirt each, which one would you pick? I mean, he's not going to do that, so nobody get carried away. But from from, from that picture, from that picture there, yeah. From that picture there, yeah. I I would go, I would go the Inter Milan Zanetti, was it 96 Umbro third shirt, I think is what I would go for. I've already got the Roma. I'd probably take that Roy Keane Republic of Ireland shirt. That's a belter. 94. Long sleeve. Long sleeve. <laughs> Adam, what are you taking? I'm, I'm taking the uh, Atletico Madrid away shirt, the Puma one, sponsored by ba- Bandai. Because obviously being a keen gamer. Bandai. A, a, Bandai. Having a, a gaming sponsor is uh, right up my street. So, yeah, that's the one I'm picking. I mean, they got them. He's got them weird buying shirts in there, any. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one of them. Don't know what they are. I've heard their prototypes. I've heard their factory's gone rogue, but I'd have one of them for novelty value. Some good shit though, isn't it? Yeah. Some incredible stuff. When's that going live, Adam? I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So towards the end of the month, 150 odd shirts. That's grannysfootballstore.com. Excellent. That's easy for you to say. Right. That wraps up another week, doesn't it, gentlemen? It does. It was a good one as well. It was all right. We'll let our listener be the judge of that. But we've got some exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks, haven't we? We have, actually, because I believe we have already got in the bank one record with a French football club. (laughs) We have, and we're joined by Simon, uh, who, who... translated i've got to try and edit that it'd be an interesting one for the listeners we may have a first ever french episode going out if i can't be bothered to edit it 
Brilliant, brilliant. Pushing into new waters there. Um, and we also have, because it's the African Cup of Nations, we also have the Ghana special coming up. And we get to speak to a big manufacturer as well tomorrow for another special, aren't we? Can anybody going to give any clues? It's it, not Castore. I think the best clue to give, it, I don't know if I can say it, I was going to say, used to be shit, now one of the best around. French president? I mean, By that's a way, fair compliment. Like, you know, ugly duckling turned into a beautiful mm. swan or whatever at the end, and that's what Macron are doing. Also, do you think our listeners would be disappointed if it turned out to not be Macron, but was actually the French president? <laughs> if it was actually Emmanuel Macron. Yeah. Yeah, that's who we're uh, And we're we were like, oh, shit, we thought you were the football shirt guy. It could be our next. We could have two French episodes going out in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so is that an episode? It was obviously recorded in French. So the one we did with club, the club one we did, yes, we very uh, luckily had Simon join us. Simon's doing life, um, who is fluent in French, and he came on as interpreter just to um, pave away. It's a bit, a bit like Bielsa doing match of the day interviews. Are you uh, sure he's fluent in French? Well, I mean, I, just making it up. <laughs> this was a Joey and Friends moment, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why that's why I do think we should just drop out like a, a, a rogue episode just of the uncut interview just in French. Amazing. By the way, I saw I saw uh, some of the images of that record. The guy who joined from the club had the single most impressive beard I have ever seen. He Beautiful. had more head on his chin than Adam has had on his head in his entire life. That's not he, true. And you know it. <laughs> I'd hair once. Outside of your yeah, outside of your Maroon Five stage. Why are you being like this? <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> no comment. Wow. Anyway, so loads of good kit content coming in your ears over the next few weeks. Who wants to do this week's goodbyes before we go into a little outro? Thanks for listening. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> 